Welcome to Making Chips. We believe that manufacturing is challenging, but if you are connected to a community of leaders, you can elevate your skills, solve your problems, and grow your business. I'm your host, Jason Zenger, and I'm joined by my co-hosts, Jim Carr and Nick Goldner. How you guys doing? We're doing great. I'm Good. great. We I are answered. here in our new studios. I answered for you, Jim. I, I don't no, know. that's fine. You can I answer for we're me. We're doing great. Like, we're doing great. So we are we're coming to you from 2426 Church Street in Rockford, which is the new headquarters of Making Chips. And we are Bam. off on this adventure of growing Making Chips into a mega media and marketing company. Well, we I'll be dead by conglomerate. then. Conglomerate. Conglomerate. Yeah, we've got our... I mean, this is our first new headquarters. <laughs> so. We are... Working through the fear of growing, making chips from the little podcast that Jim and I started to this big conglomerate. Honestly, I don't have any fear at all. I just want you to know that I'm either. not. I'm not in fear of anything. I know exactly what's going on. Yeah. I'm not in fear either. But you know what? That is actually the subject of um, it this is. episode. Is that we are going to we're we're going to talk about fear and leading through fear. And I have that question for the two of you. When when has been the most fearful or the most afraid that you guys have been in business before? I can start that. Go ahead. Well, it's kind of appropriate that you you pick this subject matter in this. Well, I think every leader should go through that. In this unprecedented time that we're living in right now, right? Mm -hmm. It certainly is a new world that we're living in. And a lot of people are very fearful, quite frankly, more than I think that we amongst our own group of people know. I think there's a lot of people that are emotionally fearful. So you think now is probably the time that you've been most fearful? It is not. It okay. is not. In business, if you're talking about personal or business, I would I'm talking about business. business. Yeah. No one cares I would, about as, I would say yeah. the 2008 recession did it for me. I was most fearful of not being able to come back to where we were. And what I mean by that is... I had to lay 60% of my staff off. Thank God we weren't overextended. We didn't have a lot of debt on our backs because it would have been, we would have been a part of the one of the numbers yeah, of the businesses that companies went out. do out, go out of business. It is a thing. It really is a and, thing. And during that time, we actually were able to acquire a couple other businesses and right. actually take advantage of some of that. But how about you, Nick? My, mine's kind of... You're just a young pup, so you haven't been through as much. Yeah, I'm, I've... I was here in 2008. <laughs> Compared to Jim, you're but a you weren't pop. working. Believe it or not, I was here in 2008. I think mine's pretty relatable right now for a lot of people. A lot of really talented people in our industry lost their job. Are you and talking about right now is the most fearful time? No, I'm going to get into a time where I kind of lost my job. Oh, I remember that. You were a little frantic back then. We knew yeah, you. I was a little bit self-imposed. So if your father is your boss, do not get into a huge fight with him and talk about, well, you know, I might leave. And then he's like, all right, then leave. And I was like, ah, okay. You need to have Here something that you can employed. leave to. Yeah, exactly. And I ended up getting a job right away, but I worked in the insurance, insurance industry. I don't understand insurance. I, I understand tangible things. You yes, know, like me, too. Parts me too. Me too. So it was just a very fearful time, but that like two or three week gap. Were you very fearful though at that time? I was very fearful. Like, really? Like, I didn't you like hit it well. A I didn't and stuff. I didn't fearful. I, I I'm sorry you had anxiety. to go through that. Well, you know, I kind of did it to myself. It was a good learning lesson. Me and my dad learned a lot from it. Yeah, and your honest. dad accepted the prodigal son back to him. <laughs> <You know? laughs> he, he came to you and he put a jacket on. You said, "Nikki boy, come give me a hug. Let's yeah. have a party." It was good. 
but for a while it wasn't good. I was able to get a job right away, but I just remember being like, what am I going to do? And my wife was freaking out. And that was probably the biggest source of stress is like, okay, I got to take care of her. Well, you got kids, you got a wife, uh, you got a house, you got a mortgage, you got car payments and yeah, I just the bills don't stop right coming. Now who are unemployed more than I would have had I never. Yeah. You know, I, I think I got like one employment check for like, you know, they come like every two weeks or whatever. I think I got I, like I don't know. one and then I found my job. But I just remember getting it and being like, geez, this is wild. So can you imagine somebody that has been out of out of a job for months? Yeah. No, I can't. I have no idea what that's like yeah. at all. I don't. So anyway, but what we're going to be talking about today is we're going to actually talk about leading through fear. So not as much about, say, your personal fear, but just mm-hmm. how to manage it in your business. And a lot of that is this is going to be based on some of my ways that I've managed moving through the fear and, and, and stuff like that. But before we even go there, Jim, what's going on new at Car Machine and Tool? I know you got a new five axis. We talked about that. You've got a new lathe. You're learning how to program that lathe. What, anything I'm else not learning new? how to program it, but we're doing well. We, 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 we're making parts on it already. I think you need Actually, to get your hands dirty again, no, Jim. No, not doing that. You were the ones that told me how to delegate and elevate, right? That's true. So what's so, going on new at Car Machine Tool? We're very privileged that we are still quite busy. We continue to gain new clients and we just gained a new aerospace client last week. And we have parts that are going to go on a SpaceX rocket to the space station. Nice. We've already manufactured and delivered parts to them already. And they like our work and we continue to make parts. It's just coming in weekly now. So we added another client. We I was telling you guys earlier that we got a new client in Wisconsin, pretty high end, and they did an evaluation on us, a part. They actually took one of our machine parts and did like a PowerPoint, and then we had a conference Just call. grilled you on every Just possible gr- detail. Every, all, all the things I you showed did, you guys the PowerPoint. All the things you did wrong, and then they said, by the way, we want to do business with you. <laughs> yeah. you you're accepted, right? Yeah. The gre- you got a green light. So it's good. I'm very lucky to be in this situation, so... All right, so I actually do have some manufacturing news that I want to discuss with you guys. And this is less about the kind of chips that we talk about and probably more about the more, what what would they call it, like silicone chips that that are manufactured. The computer chips that are manufactured. Oh, right. Yeah, so this is a manufacturing news article that I picked off of Yahoo Finance. And the title of the article, I thought this was also... I love Yahoo Finance. Do you? Okay. I do. He do. So the title of this article is Apple Looking to Diversify Its Manufacturing Base will make headphones in Vietnam. So basically what they're talking about here is that because of the new political environment, they're highlighting the fact that Apple is deliberately moving some of its manufacturing of its new products from China to other countries that it's going to start manufacturing in. So it says And what here, was the impetus in that? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get to there. So it says, Apple will now make its new studio range of headphones in Vietnam. This is the first time ever that the California-based tech giant has produced an entirely new product in Vietnam, according to 9to5Mac and Apple News website. The underlying reason for the shift of manufacturing to Vietnam is said to be, and here's the answer to your question, Jim, political and trade tensions <laughs> between the United States and, and China. China. 
Yes. So, I mean, this is a real this thing. This is a real and, and, thing. And, you know, with the fact that China has suppressed so much of the information associated with this COVID-19 thing deliberately is a real issue. And there's a real trust issue. I mean, there's, I mean, there's it's so much. It's going to change the landscape of our economy going I, forward. I, I really hope it does. I really it hope that, that companies wise up with their, with their manufacturing. So it goes on to say... Some of the headphones will still be built by contract manufacturers in China, but even shifting some of the manufacturing away from the country is an indication of Apple's intention of diversifying its manufacturing base. Apple has plans to move almost a fifth of its production capacity from China to India in order to take advantage of the Indian government's new production-linked incentive scheme. And I don't know exactly what that is, but I do know that there's a big difference between manufacturing in India versus manufacturing in China. What? For, well, for first of all, China is a communist country. India is that, not. That whole region is very heavily influenced by the British. And they, I believe, I mean, don't quote me on this. I'm not like an expert in this area, but I believe that India is very influenced by British law and they have more rights as it relates to like a free market economy. Mm-hmm. And, and as China's opposed to more, China. much more advanced when it comes to manufacturing than India. Yeah, they are. India is more no, known for their IT. Mm-hmm. But I mean, the people of India, it's a huge, huge country. There's tons of people there and I know that they want to make more of an impact in manufacturing mm-hmm. just like Africa and some of those countries as well. So I It's think a shame that, that the United States can't they can't offboard that to the United States. Well, I think that they are to I mean, I know a certain it's, I know degree, it's but difficult. we're re- like high, high tech. You know what I mean? Yes. Like we want to do things that are very highly engineered, right. innovative and stuff like that. But if you remember that whole Foxconn debacle where I they do. were going to move I do. manufacturing to Wisconsin and the state of Wisconsin basically got bamboozled by Foxconn, which is another Chinese company. Mm-hmm. Making a lot of the Apple product. So are we going to learn our lessons here? I think that's kind of the question. I think, I mean, it's never good to have one source, whether it's no, a country or exactly. a supplier. So exactly. I think this is a good thing in the long term. Yeah. So why don't we move on to the heart of the episode? So as I mentioned before, my thoughts for this episode really was sparked by a lot of the stuff that I've gone through. So kind of going back to my my childhood baggage, which I, I told you guys about. We I all used, got it. We all got them. Yeah. I used to be very afraid to speak in front of people. So if I if the teacher called on me in class, I, I was never the kid to raise my hand. That was not me. Neither me. Yeah. So if the teacher called on me and then everybody in the classroom would turn around and wait for my answer, my face would turn bright red. You would just freeze and start crying. I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't freeze and start <laughs> crying, but my face would turn red. And if a girl talked to me, my face would turn red. Now that and, I would understand. Yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, I had a real fear starting from a young age and I truly didn't get over that. Till last week. <laughs> <laughs> Until I started making just podcasts. Now, Oh, what's funny is you're like you're like the guy who raises his hand for everything. Yeah, like, now oh, I, I know about this. Yeah, Let exactly. me tell you about India. Yeah, <laughs> and and so it's kind of funny how you can make that transition and you can yeah. get through your fears, but you you have to be deliberate about it. And I think that that's totally Nick, that's, a, that's a key to it is that at some point in being made fun of for my my face turning red, not being able to talk about a girl, you're I turning finally, red now. Well, that's just because I'm excited. (laughs) (laughs) I finally said to myself, enough is enough. And I need to get over this this fear. I will talk to a girl. I will talk to a girl. I have to eventually talk to a girl. I mean, like, you know, it's... (laughs) 
You need to get married and procreate. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and you've done that well. I've been successful. Uh, yes, yes, you have. Yeah. And, and I knew, you know, my dad was in business. I knew that there was going to come a time where I needed to make a future for myself. So I needed to get over some of these fears. But a lot of this like carried through with me even through high school and, and stuff like that. I gradually got better. So I just, I sat down and I really thought to myself, what are the, the tactical things that I did in order to, in order to get past that? So this is going to be less about my childhood trauma and more about how I did this from a from a business standpoint. So So how you how you overcome fear as a business leader. How you overcome fear as a business leader. Yeah. So that's teach us. Yeah. I wrote down a bunch of the steps that I took. One of the one of the first things that I did in order to decide whether I was going to delve into something big that that I was fearful about was just to take small steps and to ask questions to other people. So for example before we started making chips, I was unsure of whether I could do that. I was unsure of whether I could get behind a microphone, whether I was capable of being able to develop this platform for the metalworking nation. So I would just ask people, I'd be like, you know, what do you think about a podcast for manufacturing leaders? And, and people would be like, yeah, I think that's a, a good idea. And then as I started to have those discussions with people, I started to become more confident in myself and in my idea that I had there. And finally, we got to the point where I pitched Jim on it and I got somebody to say, How much thought were you thinking before you even pitched it to me? I was thinking about it for a while really? before I before I pitched it to you. Absolutely, because I was not sure of whether I you could actually get thought through. about it for that long a time before you even pitched it to yeah, me. Yeah, absolutely. Really? Yeah, absolutely. And, and you know, dream I never, about you before I, he. Met I never you. knew that. And then I met you, and then I pitched it to you as like one of those people, and you were the like, "Yeah, let's do it." You well, know? I wasn't that quick. <laughs> the dream became a nightmare. Good one, Nick. <laughs> I think it became a nightmare when we met you. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, I imagine you probably had one of two responses when you asked manufacturing leaders what they thought of a podcast for this industry. One, what is a podcast? I right. know, I'm sure. <laughs> and two, yeah, that's probably a good idea. And nine, and yeah, five, six years, seven years ago, people did not right. know what a podcast was. Exactly. So, And then the second step that, that I took in getting through fear is just to get good outside counsel. So what that would be is just have outsiders that you would ask about this. And I actually truly did have people, so talking again about making chips, where people that I respected in the business community who talked about what this would look like and what we needed to get out of it. And I got mm-hmm. a lot of good outside counsel as far as that goes. And even when, Nick, when we took you and your family on as partners in making chips, I mean, Jim and I had a lot of conversations with other people because that was also a thing where Jim and I were concerned about what we had was good. Do we want to kind of change that dynamic? And there sure. was some fear in that. So Jim and I had to get some outside counsel. And, and I, here you sit in our new facility. And now with, here we are in, in the new panels. I wasn't chips. fearful. Oh, well, thanks. Jim. Yeah, I wasn't fearful at all. All I kept thinking is I didn't really want to work that much harder. That's all I kept thinking. That's what I was fearful of. I think of. Jim loves me more than you, Jason. Uh, uh, I don't think that's true. But, no. uh, you know, it's that, just, that really doesn't you know, matter. Yeah. <laughs> you guys can compete. Yes, against you. <laughs> yeah, we're not going to fight over you, Nick. Well, Sorry. Even making chips itself is about having good counsel. It is. You it know, is. There's, there's other like influencer brands in our industry and they tend to be centered around like one or two individuals and we're always trying to be about the manufacturing leader out there the the entire community so i'm glad you brought that up nick because that actually brings me to one of my other points which which is actually to have good virtual counsel and what i mean by that is have books that you read yeah yeah. have podcasts that you listen to have videos that you watch 
one of the most influential virtual councils that I've had from a business standpoint has been this podcast from a company called Strategic Coach. And they have sure. tools that you use for making business decisions and never met any of the people on their team. I hope to join their program one day and, and, and meet some of them, but I've had them as virtual counsel over the years. Mm-hmm. And it's been extremely beneficial to me to get over some of the fears and the decision-making that I've made. And I know that we've gotten feedback from the Metalworking Nation about, hey, making chips has helped me get through some of the challenges and the fears that I've had in my business. And it's not necessarily Jim and Jason or Nick who are the experts, but we bring people on here that that are that good virtual counsel so that people don't feel like they're alone and they can get kind of that objective advice. Yeah, I mean, why we're here in in large part is attributed to my virtual counsel. So there's this book called Killing Marketing that I'm always like a fanboy about Robert Rose. He wrote this book about running marketing as a profit center instead of just a cost or an expense that serves everything else in your business. And that's where I was like, you know, I I really think we should kind of kill our marketing department and form this joint venture. It's all based off that of the was virtual the reason council. why yeah. you decided to pitch that it, to a us. A big part of it, and it's also how I sold it to the rest of our leadership at the business. Oh, like, I did never knew that, Nick. Or if you, if we, you, if we you mentioned it, fine. I didn't listen. Yeah, he mentioned but, it several times. Okay. like maybe twenty times. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, I know you talked <laughs> to the about point Ro- where Jason makes fun of it. Yeah, I, I didn't know. I mean, I know you've mentioned Robert Rose before, but I, I didn't yeah. know anything that was the objective. I mean, because we didn't really have a problem, we were fine. But I was like. I want to be able to sell marketing services to other companies, not sure. just serve the family. selling machines and selling fixtures and stuff like that. Right. Good stuff. So that was my fourth point. My third point in leading through fear is just to have a good right-hand person. Have somebody that you can call on a daily basis and tell them your ideas and yeah. say, is this a dumb idea or is this a good idea? I'm afraid about making this decision. I mean, I've got a great integrator in, in Craig and when there's tough financial decisions and I'm afraid about making a financial decision, I have him that... Yeah, you that, know, he's, I, that's important. He, he's needs, a little bit more strategic. You need a confidant, yeah. somebody yep. that's experienced and somebody to like bounce an idea sure. off, especially if it's a big idea like money or business and taking risk. Risk is scary sometimes. Who's your, who's your confidant, Jim? I think I know. Well, it used to be my dad until he wasn't capable of doing things. But right now, it's my leadership team at Car, which yeah. is Ryan and John. Yeah. yeah, and you've you fortunately that's come around at just it's the right time really for you. Been, oh my God, you know, it's because, been immeasurable how yeah. much... Because my virtual... Council has been traction A, yeah, and now rocket fuel B, which yeah. I'm thoroughly. It's all part enjoying. of that same group, right? Yeah, Gino Wickman. Yeah, but yeah, so th- those are the people that I'm taking advice from two millennials. But oh my gosh, it's, well, I think that it's a good. It's been it's it, a good diversity. It's a good mix because, like you know, so my right hand guy is Craig, who's older than me. Yep. And you've got, you know, so you I think you have to have that diversity in yep. in the council that you get so that you can get those different perspectives. I think it's cool how it was your father and now it's your son. son yeah. And your son That's would so probably weird. say the same thing about you. Yeah. And yeah. to your point, and I had it with and my I, wife, I mean I gotta I gotta admit my wife helps. She has a idea. She has a gut feeling sure. on things. So Yeah, and, and my wife would be my other counsel as far yeah. as that goes too. And then my dad of course. And to your point, Jason, like you said Craig's a little older. He thinks differently. You said more strategically. 
I think a different way of thinking strategically. I'm a little bit more emotional and on both sides all yeah. the time, and he's a little bit more centered in, in how he, he does things, and he kind of calms me down. A so bit. I'm like you in that way. Yeah. My, my main confidant at Advanced is who will be our next guest, Steve Schubert. Mm-hmm. He, oh. He's like very realistic, very kind of cynical about things. He has to really vet out an idea for right. a while before he thinks it's a good one. And I'm like the exact opposite. Yeah. You'll just jump on it yeah. right away. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're, Everything's a good idea. If and I like, feel let's passionate about an idea, like I start building a case for it and maybe I don't think of all the things that could go wrong. Well, he's perfect for that. That's the visionary side But we side both of respect you. each other. So instead of feeling like it's just, a oh, he's just going to shoot everything down, there's some times where he doesn't. And th- those tend to be the better ideas. So. Cool. So one of the next points would be to you know stick to your commitments without regrets. When my wife bought Black Industrial Safety Supply, we had some challenges very much in the beginning, and we knew that we needed to. We had some challenges that were financial, and one of our biggest clients, who very public Fortune 100 companies, was making some reductions in their spend, and that affected us from a financial perspective. But you know, and it was right after we had bought the company. But we needed to work through those fears, make some strategic decisions, and and commit without regret. And I think that's a that's a big part of it. I mean, we we actually we, did you we, not think that you were going to have roadblocks though? Well, we didn't think we were going to have roadblock blocks so early on. That was hmm. that was one of the biggest things. And we always had an out. You know, there's a lot of people that say, well, don't have a plan B because then you won't be fully committed to to plan A. I, I disagree with that. I'm always thinking like, so if this happens, I can turn to that. So we never took on enough debt that we couldn't get out of it immediately. But even though we were taking some losses in the very beginning, we could have cashed out and been fine. But we stuck, we stuck to our commitments and we ended up being very profitable that year despite some of the challenges that we had in the beginning. Yeah, you can commit to plan A and still think about yeah, of course you can. Uh, yep. Another option in yep. the future. Exactly. And and one of the things that I was very clear about is that like I, I needed to know like what is that number that I need to be able to say, okay, we're now we're not committed. So you can you can commit to doing it, then you, you can also commit to saying I'm done and I'm gonna the fear or the evidence on the wall has been too much. Well, at the end of the day, it's really easy. Either you're going to make money, be profitable, and have sustainability, or you're not going to make money, you're not going to be profitable, and you're not going to have a sustainable business. And yep. then it's black and white. Exactly. It's just how long do you want to live in negatives or how long do you want to live in positives? You know, that's the whole thing, right? Yep. How much effort are you going to have to put into that to continue on? Yep. That is a fearful thing. Mm -hmm. You're right. You just work through it and you just, at the end of the day, it's really common sense. People struggle for long periods of time living in fear and fear of change and they don't have to. Fear will kill common sense. fear fear, Fear will kill common sense. But that's what I mean. It's such a simple it's a black and white thing. Mm-hmm. And, and that's a great segue into my, the second to last point, which is that you need to take action. So one of the yes. things that I've, that I've seen so much during this state of the world, during this state of the economy, is that there, it seems like there's two types of people. There's the people that are taking action and saying, what can I do differently? And then there's the people that are saying, well, I'm just going to 
cower and and lock myself up in my house. And staying in your house is okay from a health standpoint. You did that for a while, but I was taking action in my he, house. He wasn't watching Netflix, and I wasn't sad. watching Netflix. Yeah, exactly. I've been working my butt off, okay. and there's a lot of people that have taken action to reinvent themselves. I remember, you know, not even talking about this crisis, but going back to 2008, Jim. Mm-hmm. I remember, and I've talked about this on Making Chips before. I remember driving to go have lunch with my dad. We were on our way to the local Mexican restaurant. We're going to have lunch together like like we did a lot. And we were talking about how bad things were. And my dad had already, God bless him for doing this, like he had basically said, I don't need to take a paycheck anymore. I'm just going to delve into my 401k because things are bad. I think he took like a penalty on some of that income and stuff like that. But he was willing to do that for the business. But as we were talking I wasn't really in a sales role at the time. And to be quite honest with you, I was fearful of like getting out there and seeing customers. And I mean, what if one of your like customers that? was a girl? Right. Was a girl. <laughs> exactly. Or ask me a question. You know, what would I do? Red lobster. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Red lobster. Exactly. So, you know, I think what, I'm going to give you a red lobster gift card. Oh, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> I don't know if they have any in Chicago, but thank you. Yeah, they do. Oh, they oh, do. Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. okay. Oh, yeah. But one of, one of the things that we talked about was it's time for for me to get over that fear and take action and start calling on customers and start digging up some new business. And that was, that was one of the big like kind of pivotal moments is like when these crises come around, you need to take action and you need to do something. You need to do something different. Possibly, Totally. Went back to the beginning when I was fearful, I had that period of unemployment and I was like, hustling to try to find a job. I hated the idea of being on unemployment. I hated it. That's what my hope for the whole country right now, for all these people who are unemployed. I know there's a lot of like unemployment relief and I think that's necessary, but I don't want people to, like you said, sit at home and watch Netflix and be sad and collect their unemployment check. Mm-hmm. Our country needs people to go hustle and get back to work. Yeah. Yeah. And I believe, you know, I know I'm going to get a little deep here, but I believe that we are made by God to work. You know Absolutely, what I mean? Like yeah. that's part of how we were designed. You yeah. know, we need to do those things. So yeah, you, it may feel relaxing to not work and chill. It's not relaxing. No. Oh, it's detrimental. Oh, oh it's, it's bad for your it's bad for your mental health. And yeah. it's just not in any of our DNA. No, it's not. Not to work. It's not how we were designed. It's yeah, not exactly. Well, I, it just it's not how we were raised. More importantly, the parent mm-hmm. the parenting is the is the key thing here. Well, we'll 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 have a nature versus nurture debate in a future episode of of making this. <laughs> okay. But I think that to a certain degree in taking action, you need to mourn for what was the past, just like you mourn for a person, and you need to just get over it and recover and say, this is my new reality. And I think for a lot of businesses and a lot of people out there in leading through this fearful time, you need to do that and say, okay, you know what? This is a new time. We need to reinvent ourselves. We need to mourn for how things were a year ago and move on with life. And like when I was in that situation, I needed to say, okay, I need to get over the fact that I was just able to sit back and do other things in the business. And now I need to take action and make a difference and, Sink or be, swim. and be responsible for whether the company is successful or not. Mm-hmm. And then my last, my last and final way to get over fear and kind of hinted at this along the way is just to have a purpose that's bigger than yourself. And whether that's purposes, you know, spiritual or whether that purpose is associated with your family or your legacy. Relational. Um, yeah. Or yeah. relational. Just to have that purpose that is bigger than yourself. The three of us have talked about have, doing an episode on on legacy. And I know, Jim, you've talked about part of your legacy is associated with your son. I believe my legacy is, is, is more of a spiritual nature. Mm-hmm. But I think having a purpose that's bigger than yourself and getting over your fears is, is very important. Yeah, absolutely. 
you, you stop thinking about what's right in front of you and you start thinking about your, your life as a whole or even eternity. Yes, yes. And it kind of goes back to, I love the whole notion of like, what do you want people to say about you at your funeral? Oh. Yeah. I think more people need I'm to think I'm not going to tell that. you what my dad always used to say. Oh, you well, should. No, tell not, us now. now you no, have no, to. No, 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 no. I'll tell us. Offline. This, I can't go public We'll tell with us it. now and then we'll, we can no, always, we can always no. beep it. I'll wait till we have lunch. Okay. <laughs> <I wanna laughs> this must be big. Oh, my gosh. Well, Metalworking Nation, if you want to hear the story from Jim. Yeah, maybe I'll. Jim at makingchips.com. Yeah, it's not that great, but... It's not for public. My dad would not be happy. So do you guys have any other thoughts as far as how how you have led through fear and whether that's leading yourself or whether that's leading your team through through fearful times? Since I have the most experience in this room, what I've learned over my time as a professional person is the older you get, the less fearful you become because you know how to adapt to situations of change and mm-hmm. panic and fear. So I don't get like crazy, you know, like when you were a kid, you were always thinking about the ghost in the closet or somebody's coming in to rob you or it just wears off. Or what's going to happen if that girl talks to you? Yeah, yeah. Th- those kind of things. And yeah, I used to be fearful of public speaking and and I pushed through and we did a whole episode years ago about pushing through pain to make your box bigger. And that's all I would tell people is, Continue to do that, push through your fears, and you'll be much bigger and better, and you'll be more equipped to handle the next fire, yeah, the I think, next pandemic. Yeah, I think as I reflect on like some of the, the things that I've been through, I think you're absolutely right in that as you get older, it really it, it becomes less of a big deal, especially as you've been kind of, I think it kind of has to do with that like rounding out your edges. So like as you get older, you're like, I've been through this three times already. I know I'm going to come out on the other side. It's going to look different, but I'm going to come out and I'm and I'm going to survive through this. I just need to take action and make decisions through this fearful time. I think for me, it's very similar to what you both just said. I'm I'm 32, so I haven't been through a ton of my life yet. I'm probably a third in, but it's a practice thing. So when you're afraid to do something, like you were saying, you got to push through and do it. And then if it doesn't go well, then you just need to do it again and then do it again. Mm -hmm. I agree. Again and do it again. And after a while, like with anything, the more you practice, the less fearful it becomes. So you're absolutely right, Nick. But let me ask you guys growing up in a multi-generational business, like I have, like all of us have, did, did your dad ever have metaphors? That, like I always had those metaphors that my dad always used to say to me. My dad had one metaphor that that was always interesting to me, and and it was like the weirdest thing. And I don't think anybody else's dad ever said this. He always said, as it relates to people talking, he he always said to me, you know, God gives you a certain number of words, and once you're done with the number of words that that He's given you, well, that's your time to die. It was almost like don't talk oh too much God. or something like that. <laughs> It's like the I love weirdest this. thing. And he would say it to me like, like am I like talking too much oh, or gosh. something? Oh, gosh. We like, all have a podcast. <laughs> we're screwed. <laughs> How about you? I got I got a good one. It's actually relevant to what we're talking about right now. My dad always talked about your car has a rear view mirror, but you don't drive and stare at your rear Oh, view I love that. You, you told me yeah, that one you just already. Look at it for I, a get, second, I gave right? that spiel during one of our quarterly company meetings before, too. Yeah. 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 yeah just glance and, at it. And what do you know? My dad used to say, if you're not making chips, you're not making money. Bam. Bam. As always, thank you for listening to the Making Chips podcast. 
you need to increase the speed and feet of your business. If you're not elevating your manufacturing leadership, you're going to get left behind. The metalworking nation is committed to a new way to stay ahead of the competition. We have more content to help you make and elevate at makingchips.com. Gain access to exclusive content, as well as videos, blogs, show notes, and more resources designed to equip and inspire you. We'll see you next time. Thank you.